you pray with me this morning? Father, we're so thankful for your goodness. Lord, that you can be that cornerstone that we, we rely on, that we build on, that we stand on. Father, that you are constant. Lord, though the world around us changes, you promise in your word that you remain the same. That your love is steadfast. That our salvation is secure. Lord, that your mercies and kindness and goodness towards us are new every single day that the sun rises. So Lord, I pray for each one of us in this place. Lord, that, that we would be reminded that though we are weak, you are also strong. Kids are all kids. Kids, you go. some of those things that sound really Bible-y. You know, it sounds Christian-y. It sounds like something that should be in the Bible. Uh, you know, I'm just going to give you a heads up right now. If you hear something that you think is from the Bible outside of church, there's like an 83% chance it's actually Shakespeare. 
<laughs> and I'm only like half joking on that. I mean, seriously, a lot of what people assume is in the Bible traces back to Shakespeare, which he's good. I'm not taking away from him, but you know, God shakes. Well, it's something like that. God's. And so, uh, some of the things we're talking about this morning, uh, not this morning, in the series, are um, maybe a little bit more more focused than kind of church going folks. But this morning, um, this one is so out there that um, I actually, I've heard this twice in television programs I've watched within the last week and a half. And this morning we're talking about this idea that God will never give me more than I can handle. Amen. And you know what? It sounds so good, right? Because God's awesome and, and God's like a father and God's going to take care of me and he's going to make sure that, you know, he's going to protect me and make sure that, that whatever comes my way is, is not, it's like training, you know, it's like the max heart rate, max, okay, nobody knows what any of that is. Got it. I see where we are. That's cool. No. Uh, but it's this idea that whatever comes my way, it's not going to be so bad, I can't handle it. And, you know, it sounds great, but folks, it's just not true. As a matter of fact, it's so not true, it's like the other end of the spectrum from truth. And that would be... Um, a lie. A lie. False. There's nothing biblical about the statement, God will not give you more than I can handle. Here's what the Bible actually says. Here's where this stems from. Uh, in 1 Corinthians... Maybe. <laughs> yeah, boy. Sorry, I just got excited. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your ability. Now, that sounds a lot like God will not give me more than I can handle. I mean, it, it sounds verbatim, like identical. God will not let you be tested beyond your ability, but with testing, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now, I did not, I did not grow up in church. I did not start in church until I was like 18. And my first church experience, my first memorable ones, were really more youth group experiences. And for me, these verses always go back to youth group. Because this is the thou. I just gotta see who's in there. <laughs> thou shall not have sex. That's what this verse goes back to. And it's, it's got this, you know, fellas, when you're sitting in the car with the girl, this was, kids, this was back in the time when we had something called bench seats. It's not so much an issue now, but when you're sitting in that car with the girl, that by Jesus better be sitting between the two of you. Need room for the Holy Spirit. When you're dancing with her, there better be room for the Holy Spirit between the two of you. And I don't know why, when I get all Bible like that, I have to go southern, but I do. And and this is what it makes me think of, and this idea of, and this is so wrong. The idea is. When you put yourself 
in a bad situation that you, with your human intelligence and common sense, know darn well you should not be in, and things start to get sketchy, and you're about to do what you ain't shouldn't ought to do, God's going to provide a way out. God's going to provide an escape hatch so that, you know, you can, you can be wrong right up to the line and then escape. And this is what this verse makes me think of, and that is completely not what this verse is about. <laughs> See, the first thing I've done is I went in and I changed the verse a little bit. In the uh, English Standard Version, which is what we actually teach from, everything about this verse is from the English Standard Version, except where you see, I guess it makes more sense for you if I point this way, except where you see the word test, testing or tested, in the actual translation, that is the word temptation. So now, now maybe you say, maybe I should mention that beforehand, and all that last 10 minutes would have made more sense. But in the original Greek, temptation and testing are the same thing. And so this isn't a verse about just when you are in that, that sin-filled situation. God's going to provide a way out of the temptation. This is about when you in your life are in a place where you are being tested. Maybe your test is temptation. Maybe your test is sin. Maybe your test is hard times. Maybe your test is bad things that you have brought upon yourself, bad things that have come upon you because somebody else did it, or bad things that come upon you because you are a human being living on planet Earth in the 21st century, God is going to be there. And nothing in here says God's going to make sure that he's going to keep it at a level you can take care of on your own. Because that's what the original statement is. God will never give me more than I can handle. This is a dangerous idea, folks, and it's even more dangerous given the fact that so many people sitting in churches on Sunday mornings buy into this idea. It is not just wrong. It's not just the, huh, that's weird. That's, that's kind of different. This is a satanically evil idea that is meant to separate you from God the Father. Now, I could go on a whole tirade about this whole idea in, in the whole series we're doing, but, you know, I got the reputation. So, uh, later this week, when the newsletter comes out, I am going to dig into this idea in the broader context of how these misunderstandings of Scripture are evil, and they are actually tools of the devil designed to destroy and defeat you. Well, I'm not going to get into it today. See, here's this idea that you are going to be tempted. You are going to be tempted at a degree larger than you can handle, but that in that testing, God will provide. Whatever you come up against, any situation, any trial, any person you come up against, that you look at and you go, I cannot do this. That is your first step on the right path. You are not meant to do this. But in that situation, God is going to provide for you, provided you've established that relationship with him ahead of time, provided you are in the habit of living life with God, 
He is going to provide you everything you need, not only to emerge victorious, but to emerge stronger and better on the other side of it. At, at one point, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, Simon, Simon, Peter, same guy. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Peter, the devil wants you. The devil sees that you have the potential to be a danger to him, and he wants to come after you. But in order to come after you, he has to get permission from me. We're on the line. We're at that moment where it's going to be decided what happens to Peter. And in our thinking, God will never, never task me with more than I can handle. So God is going to make sure the devil can't come at me. Except what Jesus said is, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. What Jesus said is, yeah, I said the devil can come at you. And I'm praying, not that you'll be delivered from this situation, but that your faith in this time of testing will not fail me. And I am so certain of you, my son, Peter, that when your faith does not fail, you are going to be beaten, and you are going to be bruised, and you are going to be hurting in your heart and in your soul, and you are going to feel like the world's biggest failure. And sometimes we still put that kind of label on Peter, even though we know darn well we share the same thing. Peter, I know that at the end of the day, you are going to pick yourself back up. You are going to dust yourself off. You are going to learn from this testing. And then you're going to go out. And you're going to find your brothers, and you are going to encourage them with the lessons you've learned. You are going to strengthen them with the trials you've been through. This kind of thing doesn't happen in God's people unless God's people are pushed to the limit and beyond. See, the misconception here is, well, if I believe in God, he's going to be like, you know, you're... You're a really great kind of helicopter parent, and he's going to make sure that, that nothing too bad happens to me, and that, that I get my, my participation trophy, and that, and, that, and that I'm never too uncomfortable. You laugh, but folks, this is what we've become. And we hang a lot of that on the, on the younger generation, but, you know, we all got our own version of that. The problem with this is, nothing good ever comes out of being comfortable. I am the greatest. Somebody says, champ, when you're in training, how many sit-ups do you do? Because sports reporters ask dumb questions and need dumb statistics to fit. Muhammad Ali says, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting because they're the only ones that count. Only when I'm being pushed. 
Only when I am being crushed and broken and I move beyond what I can do and it hurts and it's hard and I want to quit and I want to give up, only then does it count. Because that's the crucible, that's the forge, that's where God makes us into more than we would let ourselves be on our own. And if that's true, if that's true in, in human life, anybody ever seen powerlifters? You know, the world's strongest man stuff? You know, the thing where, like, the insanely not understanding how they got, like, that huge people come out, and with the bar, and they're like, and they pick it up, and the steel bar is, like, bending in half from the weight, and they, like, push it up over their head, Anybody think they got to that point never lifting more than they were capable of? Is there any point in human participation, in human activity, where people got to be... Anybody remember what Jordan used to say? How did Jordan become the best? By playing with the best. You only get better by exceeding what you did last time. And when you attempt to exceed what you did last time, there will be moments when you fail. But in that failure, you learn, and you grow, and you get stronger, until the point where next time, you don't fail. And if that's true in human life, in human activity, would it not be true even more so in the kingdom of God? But we have this idea that, that God will never give more than I can handle. If only somewhere in the Bible somebody had shared something to set us straight and go, no, no, that's not correct. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Paul. Paul's the guy that pretty much every other story about him is him getting uh, beaten, thrown in jail, rocks thrown at him, shipwrecks. I mean, this guy is fundamentally the most successful evangelist of the gospel in the history of the world. And things were not easy. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. That's hard. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Fellas, in pursuing life with God, in sharing God's word, in ministering to God's people, in taking the good news of God to the world around me, things got so bad, I wanted to die! Show me where that lines up with God will never give me more than I can handle. One of these things is not like the other. And we as God's people have got to accept that there comes a point where if what I think and what the Bible says are not the same, I'm the one that's wrong. And I have to change my thinking. If you sit here this morning and you still think God will never give you more than you can handle. One, 
What kind of life have you been living that you've gotten this far and still think that? That's blessed. Two, I am here to tell you, you are wrong. And you need to change the way you think. Paul, the guy, okay, the number two guy of the New Testament, flat out just told you, life got so hard, we were burdened beyond what we as human individuals in our own strength could bear, and we wanted to die. And if you think this is an isolated case, you've not been in the Word. Because many of you, most of you probably, are familiar with this verse, this chapter in Hebrews, called like the Heroes of Faith. It sounds like a terrible Saturday morning cartoon on like Bible TV. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to put money, probably there is or was or has been. But if you look at the names listed in that, it goes like this. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, the people of Israel. By faith, Rahab. Each one of those, by faith, is followed by a story of circumstances that were beyond the control of the individual in question and could only be gotten through and emerge victorious and stronger and better after the fact because God was there to provide them what they needed to get through. And if it is true then, oh wait, there's more. He finishes up, I'm sorry, I've just been on this long tirade. There's more people here I don't have time to tell you about. Actually, that's me and him saying that. Um, I can tell you of Gideon. I can tell you of Barak. I can tell you of Samson, Jephthah of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, and oh hey, uh, Jesus in the desert, starving for 40 days, comes face to face with the devil. Jesus in the garden, the night before he's crucified, saying, dear God, please, I don't want to do this. So in anguish that blood runs from his head. And then, of course, there's Paul, who experienced this everywhere he went. And that's just where the Bible stops. Because just because the Bible ends, just because you get to that final amen in Revelation, does not mean God's story is over. Because for 2,000 years, this story of God keeps being written with people who are faced with more than they can handle, and not only God somehow suffered through it, they thrive in it. They emerge victorious in it. They come out bigger, better, and stronger than they ever were before, able to go out and inspire other of God's people. And that story continues to be written today. That story continues to be written in your life. Every time life throws something at you and you think, oh my God, I cannot do this. Yes! You cannot do this! If you can do this, one, it's not that bad. Two, you're doing badly. The only way life was meant to be lived is when you come to that moment where you despair of life itself. 
where you feel that a sentence of death has been put upon you, is you say, oh my God, I cannot do this. But you can. And that's where God says, hold my uh, whatever God drinks. And he rolls up his sleeves. And he says, watch this. And it, uh, don't, don't get me wrong here. I am not promising miracles. I am not promising it's going to be awesome. I am not promising you're not going to hurt. I'm not promising you're not going to fall down. I'm not promising you're not going to break. But what I'm promising is, whatever it is you go through, whatever it is, it is that you endure, is not going to be more than you can handle with God as your strong right hand. And when it's over, and when you stand up, and when you dust yourself off, you'll look behind you and say, you know what? It wasn't pretty, but I'm still standing. I'm still here. I'm still going. And I don't know what terrible, horrible, very no good, bad days lie before me, but I know God's going to get me through. Because he got me through those, he got me through this, he'll get me through that. And if you still, at this point in your life, have come through those bad days, and you come up against new ones, and you think somehow you're never going to get through this, you need to let faith grow. Maybe that's why these things are coming at you, because God's going, you know what? I'm glad that you can curl that 20-pound weight. Let's give you 30 pounds. Let's grow you. God loves you immensely, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. And when you don't see it, when you see a life that is broken and hurting, and you think, I can't do this, I can't get through this, God's going, kid, I see a superhero. You just don't know it yet. Stick with me. I'll show you. And that's God's message to every single one of us. Regarding, no, I, and, and I am not going to dismiss what any single one of you has been through. We, there are people in this room that have come through things that would make you weep at the thought of having to do it yourself. There are people in this room now who are going through things we don't even know about yet. And they're doing it on their own. And God is there with you. And God says, I am here. I will carry you through. Not, you know, the one set of footprints in the sand kind of thing. Where he's just going to pick you up and you don't have to do anything. It's going to be hard. But you're going to come out the other side. See, this is where this call verse finishes up. We despaired of death. We felt like a sentence of death had been placed upon us. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. No matter how bad things are, you're not dead yet. And even if you feel like it, our God is a God of the dead. Our God is a God whose business is picking up the dead and putting new life in them. And as he did it there, he will do it with you. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. And on him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. He delivered you then. He delivered you now. 
and he will keep delivering you every day from now until the end. As long as you remember, your strength is not in you. Your strength is not in circumstance. Your strength is in God the Father. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day we're having. Thank you for each one who could be here this morning. We just pray that uh, as, as, we, as we close out the service, as we mingle, as we talk, as we get ready to go this day, that each one of us, Father, would take some time in the next few moments, this afternoon, in the week that lies in front of us, to seek out what it is that you've placed before us. What is the seed you planted in us this morning? And we know that it may not look the same for each one of us, but each one who came and was faithful to seek you, Father, will not leave this place empty. We just pray for the wisdom and discernment to understand what your word for us is, and that we would be strong and courageous and faithful to put that word to work. We thank you for your strengthening, for your guidance, for walking with us, and for the true and certain knowledge that though it seems more than we can handle, nothing is more than you can handle. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.